Okay, so we're back and we're going to just talk some more about, uh, I guess my life, you know? So let's see, how can I answer this question? I grew up with polio. I was recently asked to talk to people, uh, parents in general, um, about vaccinating their children because they're against it. I was a little shocked, first of all, to find out that there are people out there who are against vaccinating. Um, I follow the news, don't get me wrong. I just was like, seriously? Okay. <laughs> uh, first of all, because, well, you know, science has ruled my life. You know, science is something I follow, I love. Um, it's ever evolving, you know. But that's one thing that you cannot really contest is uh, vaccinations have improved a lot of lives and also helped, you know, society. You ever wonder why you don't see polio victims? Well, because we were smart enough to understand that we needed to do something and we did it. So that's just my opinion. Uh, I am not here to judge you. I am here just to really relate to you that there's a lot of people who are getting these old old things and vaccinations can help you stop that but if you don't well i'm here to talk about how my life has been with polio and the consequences see because you as a parent a healthy person will never have to deal for the full spectrum of the consequences however your child will and I can honestly tell you the idea of someone else going through maybe even the same events I had to go through in my life is just not acceptable. I wouldn't wish this on anybody. Not even the stupidest dick out there. Um, so, let's see. I was vaccinated. My parents did do that. However, there's two versions uh, doctors uh, have considered. Number one, they think that I was either in contact with the child that already had it when I was, um, you know, very little before I got mine. Uh, the second theory is um, that maybe it was a very, very strong and they weren't able to um, do anything about it. So I was like, okay. You know, those are the two theories. You know, I was always um, questioning things. I did my own research too. Trust me. Um, that's one thing that I can convey to you all. When you are disabled in any way, physically impaired, You'll be amazed how motivated you are, or maybe your curiosity just overwhelms you, to find out A, why, and B, how you can solve it, or C, what the hell is it going to do to me? For me, it was, is there a cure? My parents took me all over the fucking country. To find a cure until someone finally told him the truth and said there is no cure. Okay, but for all you out there, if there ever is one, yeah, I would take it. So, 
I can tell you that it is difficult living like this. I Don't get me wrong. I've always said I have been blessed with great parents and uh, siblings that love me and they would do anything for me. You know, they protect me. I am quite spoiled, goddammit. But it doesn't negate nor take away the trauma I've been through. Whether it be physical trauma or psychological trauma from all the kids, you know. Trust me. It It is not easy. Okay? One of the things I remember that's very important that I always tell parents is don't lie. When I was young... And all the bullying started and stuff like that. I did ask my parents, what is wrong with me? And they didn't lie. My dad, sitting so certainly there, uh, was reading something, I forget what. And he said, very calmly, well, you have a problem with your legs. Are they going to ever get better? No. Okay. And that was the end of the fucking conversation. <laughs> and you know what? It's okay. It wasn't that he was avoiding it. It wasn't that he was lying. He was just a matter of fact about it. Okay? He was. And the fact is, is sometimes that's how blunt you have to be. It's not about you. It's about the person who's going to suffer with it. So... Just make sure you understand that. Um, make it clear. My father once told me at the hospital there were it was the Alsafar Shriners. No wait, the Shriners. Something I can never say it right. Uh, <laughs> Shriners Hospital for Children. They helped me quite a bit. Shout out to them. Always donate to them. By the way, they actually gave me my braces for free. Um. They explained everything that was going to happen and how much pain I was really in. Okay. You have to understand the pain that I was in. If you have it since you were fucking three months old, then, you know, you're, you're going to get used to it. You're going to get accustomed to it. Um, no matter what it, but the spasms and the, the muscles and being able to pull your leg out of your socket. Now that's painful. You know, and by the way, that was involuntary. It was involuntary. It would come out. Hence the high tops. Hence the the braces. Um, and I remember, uh, this is, as far as I remember, there was like a teaching hospital too. So I remember there was like a bunch of doctors around my bed, like poking at me. They were the only ones allowed to poke me. I can tell you that much. And um, one of them actually said, aren't you in pain? And I, I, you know, no. And he goes, really? And he poked me right on my hips. And that's the most sensitive area because that's where the limping happens. You know, you're uneven. You know, you're shorter than the other side. So I just made a little twinge of my face. And I said, no. <laughs> and he laughed and said, it is okay to say it hurts. Because if you don't tell us then we're not going to be able to give you the right thing to help you. And I said, okay. So they measured me. They put a little wood block. And, you know, they put these little, uh, 
God, what are they? Okay, well, have you ever seen the, the carpenters use these little shingles that help you level something? Okay, something like that they put under my feet. <laughs> uh, that's the best description. I got little planks of wood and they would put one after another. Each one was one centimeter and in thickness. And they would measure how much difference there was in order to determine my new lift, the braces, everything, you know? You get basically a reality check when you're very young when you're like this because you know you're different, you know, you might be scared, but you have to be able to embrace the fact that there's nothing you can do about it. I know that sounds harsh, but it's true. There is no cure for this. There's a lot of things out there that there's no cure for and that you can't do anything about, you know? I have gotten questions from all kinds of people who are um, physically impaired or disabled. And, you know, there's times we laugh about it together. Other times we share uh, a pint of ice cream together. And then other times we share liquor together. So, you know, it just depends on the person. But I'm always very honest. So, I had a friend there in the group and they used to sit us like all together I guess this they thought that it would be good for the children to sit all together all the disabled children right uh which we all laughed or like so I guess we're supposed to play with each other and I was like yeah uh, and we're supposed to get along I like, go oh, I guess so <laughs> and that believe it or not we would laugh we would laugh and yeah we wouldn't play because we can't I don't know who forgot that little fucking nugget but we can't play. <laughs> we couldn't move. Um, it was hilarious to us that they would say that. Now, y'all go play. And I'm like, we look at each other. One was in a wheelchair specialized to hold his neck up because he had, he was born with no uh, bones in the spine. So he had no way of holding himself up. Another kid was completely... Uh, the polio had affected all the way up to his arms. So he couldn't move at all either. Uh, I was just there sitting there and they would always do this to me because they were, oh God, they were such jokers. So what are you doing here again? You're not like us. And I'd be like, well, I'm disabled. Where? You're where? <laughs> and I would laugh because, you know, it's, theirs is like noticeable from far away or up close. It doesn't matter. Um, and I remember one year we were talking and I think about that time, I had turned 12 or maybe 11. I don't know, something like that. And we were all talking and I don't know how it happened, but we got all really serious real quick. And I think it was, uh, and I don't want to use names for them. Um, a little boy that was sitting there and I had seen him almost every year that I went and he looked at me and he was so sad. So I told him, why are you so sad? And he goes, ah, oh, my mom lied to me. And I looked at him and I go, lied to you about what? And he looked at me, he goes, well, it's not like I didn't know she lied, but she lied. And I went, okay. So apparently he got bullied in school and someone called him a monster. Uh, a twisted, and he went on and on about how he described him. And I said, so? And he, he looked at me and he was really sad. And I go, look, dude, you are a little twisty, but you're not ugly and you're not a monster. And I go... And he looked at me and said, you know, I went home 
And I asked my mom what was wrong with me, you know? And I go, okay. And she lied. She said, well, you're a special little boy. And, um, you know, they just don't understand that. And I got sad for him. I said, I'm sorry. See, you have to understand, all of us kids, whether you're, I don't know, any person that's disabled or whatever, we already know we're different, dude. We, we know this. But we want to know more. So what he was asking his mom was, what the fuck am I disabled and what is it called? And instead of answering his question... The mom lied and said, but you're special. Okay, let's just get this really, really clear. We, and when I say we, I mean us physically impaired or disabled or whatever hell word you want me to use. We already know no one is special in this world. What we know is that everybody is different. And that is okay. This is how our minds work. Okay? We grow up very quickly and we are very aware of who we are. So when he asked his mom, it felt like a betrayal. It felt like she was ignoring his feelings completely. And that's what he told me. He said, she lied. And I go, oh, now, you got to remember, even at this age, we're a little bit older in our minds, okay? So he asked me, well, how, what do you have? And I told him, I have polio. And did your dad say you were special too? And I said, no. My dad just told me that my legs were bad and that I walked like this because of it, you know, because of what happened. And then I said, okay. And then I went back to playing. And he goes, and it didn't bother you? And I go, no. I go, he was honest. And he goes, exactly. He was honest. He didn't lie to you. And I go, well, maybe your mom couldn't figure out how to tell you. And he goes, yeah, I guess you're right. And that was our conversation. That was something that I, we all understood in that little group. We understood that calling us special isn't fair, isn't fair at all. Calling us unique or different might be better, I guess, but we know who we are. We see the rest of the world. We're not blind, or at least some of us, and we understand. To him, his mom didn't acknowledge his feelings or his hurt. And I asked him, you know, um, how he handled it later when he was older. And he said it was funny, but that there was this uh, disconnect between them after. And I, I, I didn't quite understand what he meant because when I saw him again, I was already like 15, I think. But now I do. The disconnect is because since she never really addressed it or never really wanted to talk about it he became distant and he didn't want to talk to her either or discuss anything anymore because she never acknowledged what he was going through his feelings um 
And he would get angry because she would never want to talk about it or acknowledge. So he gave up trying. He gave up trying to hide it anymore uh, or anything like that. And that's why I'm telling you parents out there, I get it. You stick to your beliefs. And I understand you try your best. But at the end of the day, you have to be honest and also be accepting of the consequences that's going to happen. The consequences of her never acknowledging his feelings or wanting to talk about his ability honestly and truthfully made a gap between them. And you know what? I, I also looked at it like, oh, wow, you know, is that going to happen to me? Is my parents going to start lying too? But no, you know, we're, we're a different type of family unit. And we didn't necessarily talk about it outright, but they also didn't lie. They also didn't sugarcoat anything either. And I kind of respect that. At the time when I was little, sometimes it did hurt, don't get me wrong, but for the most part, hey, they were honest. I didn't have to delude myself or turn around and say, oh, well, they weren't honest about it. Nope, they were pretty honest. It was difficult for him after that. When I would see him, you know, things got better between them, but there was always this little resentment. And it was sad. Because he would see me with my parents and it wasn't like that. I think he was comparing apples to oranges though because everybody's different. And I told him that. Give her a chance now that you're older to talk about it. Now I don't know what happened after that to him. I don't know if he ever gave her the chance. Um, I lost track. He stopped coming to the hospital. And then eventually I grew out of it. You know, there's only a... A certain amount of time they allow you to be part of the program you know it's mostly for kids and I wasn't a kid anymore um, so I, I kind of lost track of him I hope he's doing good I really do and I hope he fixed whatever he needed to fix with his mother I think it was just them too also but I hope that gives you an idea of Eventually, they will ask you why. And you better have an answer of why you made a decision of not vaccinating. So when I spoke at this group thing or whatever to try to tell them about vaccinations and stuff like that, I was very honest. I didn't sugarcoat anything. And I got the same question. Well, I don't see you being disabled. I see you look fine. <laughs> so I purposely wore uh, sandals. Uh, and I took them off. And I said, uh, here, let me lift my dress here for you. Um, and then they went, oh. <laughs> I kind of like that little, oh. I love kind of being a little like, in your face. <laughs> and I told them. You, if you were to make a decision like this for your child great just make sure you understand what's going to happen after um because i can honestly tell you now that i'm old enough um i don't think 
I can honestly tell you from watching some support groups that I would used to go to and stuff like that, I would not forgive my parents. I would not. Now, I know that sounds harsh to some of you, and you want to say, of course you would. No. Okay? I want you to really ask yourself if you think that I would, after knowing all the science I know, that it was a choice. And it was a choice you made for me in the future, but instead of listening to science, and not even science, just the fact that it hasn't happened and that there was all this evidence, I guess you could say, and statistics and stuff to help you make your decision that you still made the wrong one. There's so many things that we are in a lot of ways spoiled. We are. We're very spoiled because we take things for granted. And until it happens to you, you think it's not going to happen to you. And you are wrong. So very wrong. So, no, I've been to different talks, uh, either by social media or by physical support groups and stuff like that. And I always get the same comment, you know, like, oh my God, you have this? I thought it was eradicated. Let me clarify something for you people. I was supposed to, and I've been told many times by doctors, okay? I've been everywhere, like New York, Chicago, California, Florida, doctors, okay? That I was the youngest and probably the last polio survivor there was in the United States. And in the last 10 years, that has changed. And it saddens me. It makes me quite angry, actually. I kind of like that damn title. <laughs> yes, I did, actually. I like the fact that I was going to be the last or one of the last. And instead, there's someone else out there younger than me suffering or about to start suffering the same way I did. You know, and when I say suffering, people, I don't mean, well, no, I do, actually. I mean, it, it was physical suffering, it was mental suffering, it was so many things that happened in my life that made me who I am today. Now, I've been told many, many times by different people, wow, you're really strong. Ah, depends on the context of how they say it, but for the most part, I find it insulting. I'm not strong. I just accept my life day by day for what it is, mine, and I have to deal with it, whether I like it or not, you know? So I always thought it was going to end with me and a couple other kids, and now it's like starting all over and it's scary. It's scary to me. It really is because... I've seen, <laughs> there was one time I went and there was a, a lot of polio survivors with me in this particular support group. 
And it was hilarious because guess what was the first thing they wanted to do to each other? They wanted to fucking look at everybody. Oh, how different are you? And how long is your leg? <laughs> I fucking busted out laughing. I started laughing so hard. And once again, well, what's wrong with you? I don't see any. I'm like, dude, just because I wear jeans and fucking high tops doesn't mean you can't see it. Uh, when I walk, I know you saw me walk. And, and we were joking with each other and stuff like that. But I... It was the first time I saw um, different levels of polio. There's, there's, as far as I understand it, um, there was four. Now there's five. I saw from the least to the worst. Okay, it's level one through five, and I am quote unquote level one. Okay, and I wasn't supposed to be. For the most part, almost every single polio victim is level four or five or something like that. It's pretty bad. And they cannot explain why in the world and how in the world, in my particular case, it stopped where it did. I am, I'm special. <laughs> Very special. I hear that a lot too, by the way. Um, so I wore lifts and braces, yes, but I could wear the pretty ones. You know, the ones that you can put under your clothes or in your shoe and stuff like that. So if you look at me, you don't really see it. You know, like I said, until I walk and when I was wearing all that stuff, even then you couldn't really tell because it was helping me walk straighter. You know, uh, most of the time people thought I was injured. You know, I was like, oh, did you hurt your leg? You know, cause it wasn't that obvious. However, in this particular case, when I went, oof, um, Level fives are basically when when the spinal cord practically came out, you know. Um, I saw one girl who, from the hips down, it looked like two little bones with skin hanging off of them. And I felt so bad. I was like, holy shit. And I complained about my legs. Because in my leg, you know, I, I don't necessarily like the way they look either. I mean, come on, I'm human. And I do have vanity in me sometimes. And I don't like the fact that one is thinner than the other. And you can tell. So when I wear a dress or skirts, I tend to wear below the knee or something like that. How the hell do you hide that? You can't. And I laughed because I said, why should she? That was my response in my own noggin. I was like, so why should she hide it? She shouldn't. No, fuck it. And I did ask her, you know, we talk a lot uh, about a lot of things. And one of the things we talked about was giving birth. And I told her, well, are you going to have children? And she said, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I go, can you? And she said, yeah, she could. And she was, in fact, indeed married still. And she has three children. Um, the hardest thing for her, of course, was when there were toddlers and she didn't help. But, you know, family helps. And, and hopefully you have family to help you and support you uh, there was another uh, survivor she was much older than us she was in at the time she was in 70s and she had polio all the way up to her arms um she would swing them <laughs> oh my god she made me laugh she had such a positive outlook in life and she was so funny well, you know, I'll let you know, most people who are different are pretty funny and sarcastic. With a with a sprinkle of bitterness just over it. But she was quite funny. And she would swing her arm and she would say, Incoming! 
<laughs> oh my god. Oh, I miss her. Um, <laughs> because she still have mobility in her hand. So imagine, you can't really move your arm, but you can still move your fingers and your... And she said she had feelings still in her palm and in her wrist. So she could still lift, like, well, not lift, but she still grab her cup and stuff like that, which I never understood why she did it. You can't lift the damn thing. Why are you doing it? Well, you know, sometimes I think she did it to be funny. Um, other times I think she did it just to piss off people. <laughs> to make them feel uncomfortable. So, <laughs> anyway. Um, there's different levels of things when it comes to that. But I guess the whole point of this random story is be honest. Answer your kid honestly. Because we know when you're lying. We feel it. And unless you stop and really be honest with us, you're going to make us feel like our feelings don't matter. Or that you're ignoring them. And that's not cool. So, anyway, I hope you found this one a little entertaining. I have a lot of stories, especially with all the other support groups I know. Uh... We'll see you next time. <laughs>